The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are. And welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time for our favorite, one of our favorite shows. And it's uh, very important today because uh, we're going to discuss something that happened a week ago that we talked about and many other things. And it's remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm and how important it is to remember these uh the dates and the days, and uh, as we start out both of our shows, we want to welcome Colonel Philip Forsberg that's on the line with us, and uh, we've had a little technical difficulty only because we've got a new telephone system, and, you know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, but... Yeah, it pulled the leash tight enough, and I'm slowly learning them. But before we get started, we always start our veteran shows off with a prayer, thinking of our veterans that have served us so well and that uh, we're losing many of World War II veterans uh, literally daily. And um, we've got our other veterans from Korea, Vietnam, and many other situations and we want to remember them and we also want to remember remember always the families and those that are serving right now so we're going to take out a minute and we'll be back right after this thing to get our blood pressure up and our heart to pumping and this is something that I always as bad as I hate to admit it I always enjoyed in the when I was in the service and so we'll be right back there we go Drill 
Okay, and we got a we're up and going now with our Jody, and uh, we all love those. Good morning, Phil. How you doing? I'm well, David. How are you today? Uh, I'm uh, bright and shiny, if that's all right, and uh, happy to be alive. Happy to be uh, on the top side of the grass, and. Um, you know we've we've had uh, we've had a few scares around here, and as you and I talked last week, one of the things that we talked about was the importance of the National Guard, and someone I won't say who, but someone in studio made the point that he bet that before Hurricane Ian was over, that a National Guard situation because DeSantis had already called out the National Guard in Florida that uh, I bet that uh, there would be some heroes out of out of the group of Florida National Guard that have been called up and before I could get home almost uh, there was a report that the National Guard had rescued 73 elderly folks so they're again showing the value and importance of the National Guard, be it whatever whatever they're called to do, they do. And uh, that's sort of like the rest of our military. What they're called to do, they do. And uh, as our resident historian and uh, keeper of the keys to the uh, all the good information... I've got another question for you today, Phil. All right, go ahead. Has a vice president ever been impeached for stupid? <laughs> uh, you know, um, I don't think so. Uh, I think that's. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think that's a, uh, one of the uh, charges that can. Uh, that can result in uh, removal from office. Well, when you don't know our allies from our enemies, you might say you have a problem, huh? <laughs> well, it goes back to uh, what I like to say, David, which is uh, careful how you vote. Yes, sir, absolutely. And uh, we're getting, I'm getting some feedback from you there, uh, Phil. I'm not sure, right. not sure okay. where, but uh, anyway, we want to make sure that everybody remembers Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and the importance of remembering it. And also mention that uh, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is honoring their new inductees. Uh, November the 5th, and I think there are some tickets still available. If you want to go to a moving ceremony, that's the place to be. Uh, and you'll hear all about Georgia heroes that are bring, being brought into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you want to go down to it, it's in the Floyd Building right across the street from the state capitol. And it's a it's a great day outing to go down there and walk through it. And uh, Colonel Wright does a wonderful job, and he he has been Rick White and his uh, 
son will be uh, doing the ceremony as well, and uh, it's a very moving ceremony. If you, if uh, you can still get tickets, I believe, by calling the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and reserving a table or a ticket, and uh, it's well worth the drive and well worth the time spent to to go to this. It's a very, very moving ceremony. So, let's remember Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And all of the the veterans, like Colonel Farsberg and others that served, and uh, we always want to thank everybody that served, and thank you for your service, sir. Well, you know, what I like to tell folks when they thank me for my service is uh, that was my honor to serve a grateful nation. Well, you know, I, I just hope everybody in the nation can understand how lucky and how grateful they should be to have the military that we have, but to also live in a nation that cares. And... Um, you know, I I heard the other day, I believe my facts are right, that Putin had, uh, through conscript, called up another 300,000 uh, <laughs> unlikely volunteers for the Russian army. And, you know, it's got to be harder and harder for him to get people to serve. And yet we have a volunteer military that I would say for the most part realizes how lucky they are to live in this wonderful country. And if we don't change things around, we could lose our country. But I think we will come to the forefront and do what we have to do to keep it. And uh, our military is a large portion of keeping our country. Well, I agree. I, I can't imagine what on earth uh, that Putin could uh, uh, get out of soldiers that uh, you can script these soldiers for uh, basically to do violence to their neighbor. Uh, uh, you, you're not going to get many true believers in there unless they're some sort of uh, ultra-nationalist or something. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that's going to go from bad to worse for Russia. And, and it's certainly horrible for, for the people in the Ukraine. Um, and, it, you know, I like to see all people living in peace. Uh, nobody's more... Uh, focused on on peace than those who've seen warfare. Well, what do you make of uh, Putin's threats to use nuclear uh, arms? Well, I certainly hope he doesn't. Um, Could affect a great many people. Um, You know, if you... It's difficult because it, it seems we don't have a very effective deterrence when 
when uh, our current commander in chief makes a commitment to somebody, it always turns out to be uh, uh, fall flat, if you will. So I don't know. He, he's completely uh, lost all credibility on the international stage. And I, I just uh, wish we had <clears throat> better leadership. Um, going into this difficult time and that goes back to what I say be careful how you vote well you know he said the other day that uh, his new sanctions his sanctions are about as worthless as putting a fur coat on a mink and uh, you know like you said new leadership and uh when we have him wel- welcoming dead folks to the White House and our vice president not knowing who our enemy and allies are, uh, the world can't help but wonder what kind of people have we, do we have in office today? And, you know, what will they do for us if we need them? And I don't know that anybody can answer that right now. frightening uh, so we uh, and I, you know and I think that people have to realize that you can uh, our, our own young men can be called up soon uh, you know to take care of problems that uh you know that, that we didn't foresee, and we didn't. And there's no, there's no excuse really for not seeing what what's coming down the road. Um, but it's hard to convince people sometimes uh, what what's truly important. And so uh, we're sort of stuck for now. Well, all we can do is. Keep recommending and reminding people that come November, you've got to vote. You've got to study. Look at the candidates that are running in November. Send the White House a message that their days are are numbered and that, you know, the conservatives are coming after them and we're going to take the White, we're going to take the Take Congress and then take the White House. And that, uh, you know, it's like they seem to run some kind of contest at the White House. Let's who can, see who can have the biggest gaffe of the week. And, uh, boy, it's hard to, hard to pick a loser. Or you can pick a lot of losers. Hard to pick a winner on that. I think we're kind of flush with losers right now. Um, <clears throat> the, yeah, it, you know, uh, when you bring up the National Guard and their their value to the nation is really uh, quite amazing. I, I did have a, a portion of my career was done in the National Guard, about uh, part-time and then later full-time in the National Guard. 
and uh, I learned an awful lot about uh, about how our national defense is put together just from uh, my experience working at National Guard Bureau and tell you uh, the, the National Guard if you, if you go back to uh, the Spanish-American War you'll find that the <clears throat> the President McKinley uh, attempted to call up the state militias for service in Cuba in the uh, Spanish-American War <clears throat> and uh what happened was the, the governors of the states said uh, our our militia is not for that. And if you read the Constitution, it's about repelling invasions, but it doesn't anywhere give the president the uh, authority to call the uh, state militias into service of the United States and send them abroad. <clears throat> and so... Uh, in 1903, they passed the Militia Act, and it, it spelled out really what you have with the uh, with the National Guard. It, uh, they have a dual purpose uh, or dual missioning. <coughs> one one mission is is state support, and the other is our <coughs> Federal Reserve Force. So. Uh, the, you know, the Army Reserve, Air Force Reserve, Naval Reserve, they, they don't have that uh, state support role. The National Guard is, is vitally important. It, you know, it's unique because there's so much of their military equipment that uh, can be useful in a disaster. Things like helicopters and field hospitals and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, engineer support, bulldozers, and uh, people who know how to work chainsaws, um, and you know, just basically some some on uh, labor, uh, if you will, fit young men and women and can uh, can do the job. Uh, logistics is a is a very important function of the, the National Guard which is, you know, the procurement, um, distribution, transportation, and uh, maintenance of uh, supplies, personnel, and equipment. Uh, and so all these functions are critically important in a disaster such as you have with uh, with the Hurricane Ian that, that struck Florida. And of course, Florida is not, uh, is not in any way uh, unfamiliar with these kind of disasters. So they, uh, <clears throat> they're pretty well ready for this kind of thing. Uh, so, <clears throat> Philip, we, Philip uh, on that note, let's take a break and uh, come back and figure, finish your thought on uh, Florida and their preparedness. We'll be right back. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. 
Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we're back on Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm with our host. That's also our America's Web Radio historian. Uh, he is incredible, folks. Philip Forsberg, and we appreciate him being here every week. And uh, he's, uh, I should say, Colonel retired in that uh, I... Uh, feel like I should stand at attention uh, just just for the fact that um, he's so smart and such a historian that uh, I'm honored to be able to talk to him every week and uh, he was he was a part of a big part of desert shield and desert storm and uh, it's it's so important for us all to remember our veterans and uh you know another thing about the guard and the guys going in to in and rescuing those folks that people don't understand they're not going to get any additional pay to speak of because of this a little bit but not much but they don't really get any points uh you know they the guard will retire with what the guard has, not with not like they've gone in co- into combat or continuous duty for 180 days or anything like that. So they're they're really giving of themselves when they do something like going in and and working the uh, hurricane. Isn't that right, uh, Philip? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say that. Uh know if you're considering uh military and maybe you're not uh maybe your career plans uh cause you to uh you know not not be able to invest that kind of years of service uh as you might in the the active army or navy or air force um you might want to consider uh the national guard because you'll be working similar missions um and uh, training on the same equipment and learning vital skills, but you'll have to be uh, protecting not only your nation, but your community. And uh, this, there's a great deal of uh, satisfaction, and we owe the, those folks a great deal of admiration for what they do. And, you know, another aspect of this is that when they raise their hands, just like everybody else in the military, they don't know what they're in for. And when that husband or wife left their home in Florida to go take care of others, they didn't know what they were in for. And, uh, you know, they knew that they were going to help in a national disaster or in a Florida disaster or hurricane, but uh, they were in in harm's way one way or the other 
And I don't think people ever look at it like that particularly. Like, uh, okay, well, if a soldier goes to a battlefield or a battle zone, a war zone, then we obviously know what he or she is walking into. But in many realities, it's the same thing for the guardsman or guardsperson that's walking into a an area that's uh, been hit by a hurricane or tornado or whatever the case might be. They don't know what they're walking into either. Yes, and there are many, many uh, unique dangers, you know, that, that they can face going into a situation like that. There uh, are. You know, you, there's, there's flooding, there's, uh, you know, electrical power lines uh, can be... Uh, you know, lethal. Uh, you know, you think about the uh, the Texas National Guardsman who lost his life. Um, you know, swimming to rescue uh, folks coming across the Rio Grande. It's uh, <clears throat> they're really a very, very uh, unique group, and uh, with a, with a fantastic mission and. Uh, yeah, I can't say enough good about it. And, uh, you know, I know the reservists and the veterans from reserves appreciate everything you say and, and, the, and the fact that we're bringing them up and letting the public know more and more about them as well as, uh, you know, what's happening with the veterans. And uh, uh it looks like we're going to be starting another veterans show uh, in the very near future. Will uh, that'll take another a different look at veterans than we've been taking. But uh, we always want to mention too the fact that if you're a recent high school graduate or about to graduate, or you're a college graduate and just you haven't quite figured out what you want to do, well, we certainly recommend looking at the military. As I have said a thousand and one times now, I guarantee you one branch of the military has something that you'd be interested in. Everything from electronics to floating a boat to this or that, whatever. Somebody out there, one of the branches has something that you would be interested in. And it's uh, turned into an occupation, not just quote-unquote military, but the military has turned into an occupation that you can be proud to be a part of, just like a business or anything else. And uh, we certainly encourage you to look at joining the military. Look at the military and make your decision, and they have a place for you. And we want to encourage everybody to do that. And we also like to salute the families of the military. Um, that sacrifice uh, when their loved one is deployed, be it a mother, father, husband, wife, whatever the case might be. And when, a, when an individual is deployed, the whole family is deployed. And it's hard for civilians maybe to understand that, but uh, even if it's a son or daughter, uh, it... The whole family is deployed, as well as members of the church, members of their group of friends. They all go with that 
that person that's being deployed. And uh, I'm glad to say my son is back from the Middle East and uh, won't be traveling back into hot weather for a little while at least. But, uh, you know, we, we like to remember Desert Shield and Desert Storm and uh, remember those that served. And I think they're still having hot weather over there, Phil. Yeah, it'll be for another month or so. It'll be uh, hotter than I like. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I've always said about winter. I like the fact you can always put more on, but when you get too hot, you can only take so much off. And yeah. uh, it's a whole new level of uncomfortable over there. Yeah, I bet. I will. I'll beg off from going over there. Um, don't don't didn't leave anything behind, and don't need to go pick up anything. So I'll leave it to you, tough guys that uh, served in uh, the Middle East. And uh, but we do want to remember those folks. And if we got any uh, Desert Shield or Desert Storm dates coming up. Well, uh, we recently passed uh, the 23rd of September, which is the date I was deployed to uh, Saudi Arabia in Desert Shield. Um, and at the time, we had never heard of Desert Storm. Uh, so uh, we, you know, it's interesting. People have to remember, we when we went over there, we didn't know uh, if we were going to to actually, you know, throwing down and, and hurting each other, uh, or if we were just going to stare each other down. And uh, so <clears throat> it was a it was a great deal of ambiguity. That, of course, when it's that much impact to your life, you don't you don't feel very comfortable with that ambiguity. But that was that was the whole first part of our deployment was just wondering if, if uh, there was actually going to be any kind of hostilities. You know, most of us uh, at the time had never uh, heard a shot fired in anger. Uh, a lot of our Vietnam guys <clears throat> were with us still because it was only less than 20 years from Vietnam. So the folks who were Vietnam veterans that went with us in Desert Storm. There were a significant number of them, but they were all fairly senior. Um, I had had my experience in Central America uh, in the time just prior to uh, the festivities for Desert Storm. But, uh, you know, a lot of them, a lot of were folks that uh, had joined the, the Army in peacetime and I've known nothing but uh, garrison and uh, training exercises. And so, you know, you're a little bit incredulous when they send you, they give you real ammunition and your real weapon and they sit you down in a foreign country and give you the, the deadly force briefings. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an eye-opener. Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of folks that, that never expected that they would be part of something like that uh, and suddenly found themselves there. But 
you know, thanks to uh, some excellent training that we had, uh, everything went okay. Well, I think this is one of the uh, pluses of our military, the U.S. military, is the training that is not only given but required. And uh, it's just like, you know, I again, I've, I've said this many times, I can't address other, in fact, I'll ask you, uh, other militaries, but do they prepare our, particularly our ground soldiers, like we do? And when I say that, do they go through a banquet of vaccinations before they go into a country, or do they just send them on and say good luck? Well, I think if they're wise, they would. But, uh, you know, uh, every country has to make their own mistakes, I think, uh, when it comes right down to things like that. Um, and, uh, but, it's, yeah, it's very, very important for folks to uh, to be ready. And, of course, uh, you know, we've, we've learned that, you know, readiness means not just training, uh, not just vaccinations, but overall health uh, maintenance uh, to include dental. Because, uh, you know, that someone who's suffering with a toothache uh, is not going to be at his best on the battlefield. So, uh, and then, of course, there's all sorts of environmental factors um, that can affect troops uh, deployed to regions of the world that they're not necessarily familiar with. Uh, so, you know, I mean, if we were to go to West Africa, we would find a whole host of infectious diseases we never knew before. Uh, there was a time when I was preparing for a deployment to West Africa never happened but, uh, the, the battery of inoculations I had to take was uh, pretty amazing and as I started to learn the, the, the biological threats there uh, I came to the realization that uh, West Africa I think was the uh, is the home of all the mother of mother of all infectious diseases I think I came up with uh, stuff like uh, river blindness and uh, dengue fever. And, um, they got some. They got some more of things there. So you know you have to be prepared to to uh, exist and uh, and do your things in, in all sorts of parts of the world. If, you know uh, you could. Which, you know, which brings up another point, uh, Phil, that uh, not only do we have the ground pounders, uh, the foot soldiers, the uh, people that we think of that are at the first line of the battle, but at that same first line of the battle, and the battle can be many things besides just a wound, but just like you were giving the list of diseases, and that's we I have all the respect in the world for the physician that will give up the plush office, the plush plush surroundings, you know, 
got it made, whatever, I'm out of med school, and volunteers for the military. And uh, they, they see and learn stuff that they probably never, may, may or may not have ever even heard of in medical school. Some of the things that uh, they found, some of the parasites that they found in Vietnam, uh, you know, still had doctors scratching their heads when they came back. And all the respect in the world for any of the everything from the corpsmen up and down the gambit to the EMTs, everybody that is in medicine or in the medical area that uh, fought has fought in any of our wars, we owe a lot of respect to them. And the doctors, I think our, our medicine and our medical facilities in country, I would venture to say are second to none. And, uh, you know, we can set up, uh, you know, a hospital in the middle of nowhere, or we can generate our own electrical power, or, uh, you know, bring fresh water. Uh, all the functions uh, that uh, of civilization, we can re- reproduce them in a, in a completely desolate place. Uh, and... You know, of course, that type of thing's not at all inexpensive, but it's invaluable if that's if that's what you're called upon to do. What is it, the golden hour? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, and of course that refers to the uh, the amount of time that you have to uh, take care of a wounded soldier. You know. Uh, you know, the, those first few moments are are just extremely important in uh, whether or not that soldier is going to live or die. And you know, our the motto of our uh, medical folks, I think, is uh, to conserve the fighting strength. You know, and uh, they're they're serious about that. You know, they're. Their mission is is to make sure we have the people that can that can bring the fight. And if, you know, if we run out of people, uh, then it doesn't matter. But you know, some things that you know in World War One, World War Two might have uh, taken a man off the battlefield and sent him home to the states. Now these days, uh, <clears throat> we're able to uh, do a little quick turnaround convalescence. Uh, right there in country and send them back out to fight again. And uh, that the value of that is immeasurable. Yeah, and, you know, and something else that is invaluable about doing that is that person is, depending on how long he or she has been there, has OJT on-the-job training that... Uh, they can pass on to the people that are just getting there. And in many cases, like in, in Vietnam, it was, you couldn't just get off the plane and 
go out in the field. You wanted to be with people that had already been in the field and knew what they were talking about and tell you what to look for and what to expect. And and that person is invaluable. You can't get enough of them. And our, uh, our combat medics and uh, Navy corpsmen have uh, experienced... Uh, that many surgeons don't have uh, these days. Uh, you know, civilian practice type surgeons. Uh, and they become very quickly accustomed to uh, you know, seeing some of the inside parts of their uh, of their comrades. The folks they in the chow hall next to, they could be patching that guy up the, the next day. Uh, they're very, uh, you know, you can't say enough for our combat medics, and, and they go on to do great things in the civilian careers, like you were talking about, um, the, the value of military service toward, uh, you know, your later careers. The, uh, the medical field is just amazing. And there's so many, uh, inventions and advances in medicine that have come as a result of uh, battlefield and military medicine type things. Uh, it's not uncommon to see air ambulances, you know, helicopters flying to the site of a disaster, taking people up. And of course, that was all pioneered uh, in the Korean War. Um, and it's just some fantastic stuff that can be done. And, uh, you know, we'd owe a lot of that to, uh, to the military, um, advances in, in medicine and other technologies. Well, it, you know, it just it keeps improving and you hate to think that the battlefield is a uh, testing ground, but in many cases over the years it has been. And, uh, we've come some fo- so far from the Civil War and, uh, you know, the doctors didn't know what to do with a, a leg other than uh, that was wounded or, or terribly wounded other than to amputate. And uh, it's come so far. And you, you hate to think that war has been the uh, cause of it. But at the same token, the facts of the matter are it has brought about... Instruments. Uh, I've known of situations where doctors have said, if I only had a deal that did this or did that, and then when they get out of, they get out of the field, they go invent something or have someone invent it for them. They, they direct them on how to do it, a surgical tool, or it may not even be a surgical tool. It may be something entirely different. Uh, here's, if we had a package of this to take with us when we were, you know, when we needed to go. And uh, with that thought, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with our host, Philip Forsberg, and uh, Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm right after this. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And you're listening to Desert Shield and Desert Storm with our host, Philip Forsberg, that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Philip Forsberg retired. And uh, he, he served in both Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And we always thank him for his service. And, you know, it's... Uh, we were talking about the medical side of of uh of a war or a conflict and uh how our surgeons and our doctors and our medics and corpsmen do such a fantastic job and many if not all are trained in San Antonio, Texas. And uh we have Again, I think we have the best training in the world, and I don't think any other country, I, I can't speak of any other country, and I wish I could, but I don't know of any other country that cares more about their wounded and their soldiers than the United States does. And the old term that no man left behind, and, you know, uh, the movie Black Hawk Down, was attesting to that that uh, it's just a uh, all branches I guess have the same creed that no man is going to be left behind and if it means going after him again and again they will and uh, in fact we're probably the only country in the world that's still working now many years later 50 years later on getting some of their soldiers that died in Vietnam out of Vietnam. And, uh, you know, bringing closure to their families and all this. And uh, we certainly pray for them. So, we, we have the best of the best in the United States. And we need other people to realize that. And if they don't like it, Leave and uh, go to Venezuela and see how you like that. And these people that are anti-military, they don't know how important and how lucky they are to have a military like ours protecting them. Yeah, I'm thankful for our armed forces every day, Uh, David and. Not only that, but um, when I sit down uh, to read my Bible each morning, I do. I pray for those that are serving and those who are veterans 
and uh, and I also pray for our firefighters, paramedics, law enforcement officers, uh, folks who really uh, do everything for our uh, our community. You know, it. Uh, I've been fortunate to know a lot of different folks, both in my career and and uh, just growing up, going through college, and um, you know, it's a it's a special person that can do what. An ENT does or EMT does, and uh, I didn't mean ENT, EMT, uh, or any of the first responders, be they police or fire department, whatever the case might be, and a special person to raise their hand and realize they're signing the ultimate check to go into the military if called upon to do it. And you can't... You can't give them enough praise and respect, and uh, just like you said, if if you see one, if you see a veteran or someone on active duty in an airport or someplace, offer to buy them a meal. It'll make you feel so good, and it'll make that person happy that somebody cares about them. But it'll make you even happier because you did something for a potential hero. Or, in my opinion, they're already a hero because they raise their hands and they're serving, and they have served. And uh, you know, they put the they put themselves in harm's way under so many different circumstances. It's not just one thing; it can be a whole host of different things. And uh, you know, it's it's a shame when our government and are the people that vote for our government want to change something that, in my opinion, is structurally very sound, and that's our military and the right to bear arms, and that those cowards have never raised their right hand and never will, and they don't know what it is to protect a life or to give life to someone that needs help and uh, they can stomach what some of the emergency medical technicians have seen in their days so with that being said we still want to remember Desert Shield and Desert Storm and hope there's not another one and we hope that uh that the guard doesn't have to be called out for another hurricane. But, you know, the, the, the best part about our society and our government is that we are so diverse in many aspects that when you call, you can get a response. When you need them, they're there. And I was... You know, I guarantee, and correct me, Phil, if if you had a different experience, but my experience was that if you call and uh, your guard unit is called out to do something, 
some way or the other, they're going to make a good situation out of it, a happy situation, or at least they'll be kidding each other, and there'll be smiles on their face, and they'll be doing their job with a great attitude and saying, well, this is part of what I signed up for, but I didn't know it included chopping wood, but that's okay. Let's chop. And uh, they they go in, you know, with a with a great attitude. And again, my respect for guardsmen, ARs, any of the reserve units. And you know, this I think you mentioned this the other day that if you're in the Air Force reserves or or the National Guard uh, Air Force, uh, you have to be as well-trained as your counterpart on active duty. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, you're, you're held to the same standard. Uh, you know, what I, what I experienced in being in an aviation unit in the Army National Guard, I did the same amount of flying that I did in the regular Army. I just didn't paint as many rocks. <laughs> well, it's uh, just all, everybody should be on their knees just like you do every morning, uh, thanking God for our military and the people that make up our military and are willing and have sacrificed and the families that have had a member give the ultimate sacrifice. But, and this is what I can't understand about some of these idiocracies and idiots that think they know better than than our country does that want to destroy our country. We have the best country in the world, and I don't think the ones that are trying to destroy us they haven't got the guts to serve, even going through basic or or any other training. They haven't got the guts to raise their hand and show up for fear they might be called up. And yet, some of our greatest heroes were the conscientious objectors that wound up being medics. And, uh, you know, they... Uh, but these woke people and this, all this other junk that's going on right now, they don't have a clue of what they're talking about. And they should be on their hands and knees thanking God that they live in the United States, not trying to destroy it. And, well, know. I agree with that. And, you know, uh, it's, it's also vitally important that we do protect... Uh, the rights uh, that that we have, um, and you know, one of the enumerated rights in the Constitution, uh, Second Amendment, is the, uh, the right to keep and bear arms. And it makes us unique among the uh, nations of the world. You know, of course, the the British when they were marching on Lexington and Concord, their uh, their intention, their instructions to disarm the uh, the militia and uh, so the founding fathers were 
dead set that, that was not going to be a danger in the future. And, um, you know, the, the people can say what they want about the National Rifle Association. I think, I think it was established in 1871, and they didn't do lobbying until 1975. Um, so the, uh, but the the, the national the, the New York National Guard is actually who started up the National Rifle Association because they believed in a uh, in the value of having uh, young men in the nation trained in the use of firearms and uh, it's proved to be pretty good. Absolutely, and uh, you know. <laughs> It was certainly a deterrent to uh, Japan, and uh, it's probably in many ways a deterrent to uh, many folks that think they could just march in and take over the United States, which, in fact, they would be facing one of the largest militaries in the world by the time you called out the reservists and uh, the veterans and the active duty and... They wouldn't know what hit them. And this is where the woke people are sadly mistaken about what, you know, they have no clue what goes on. They think they do. They think they know everything, but they, in reality, have no clue about what's what's really going on. And, uh, you know, with that said, we've got about, uh, oh, about a, not quite a minute to go. And uh, I want to thank... Lieutenant Colonel retired Philip Forsberg for being with us again today and uh, always look forward to because I always this is I've said this many times I always learn something from this show and uh, respect Philip and the information that he has and he's forgotten more than most people will ever know and uh, we do appreciate it and uh, Look forward to him being with us again next week. Philip, thank you, sir. And hope you have a wonderful rest of the week and weekend. I I will just say that David is uh, very excellent at making people feel appreciated. So thank you, David. Thank you, sir. And we'll see you all next week on Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And we're still working on our compass, figuring out which is north and south. But we'll get there. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.